Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death, uh, your favorite podcast all about horror's weirdest movies, categorized by themes monthly. Uh, We are doing... What are we doing? Underwater? It's underwater. Okay. We're this keeping is, the Lovecraft train alive. <laughs> or as you put it, the uh, tentacle fuck fest alive. The tentacle monster fuck the, the tentacle monster fuck fest Thank that you. was possession, yeah. which one of us loves. Okay. Let's continue. <laughs> so Possession. Underwater. Yeah. I assume this takes place underwater. It does indeed. All right, continue. That's all I know. Uh, <laughs> this movie was released January tenth of two thousand and twenty. Uh, so last year, you guys. Uh, it is mm, PG thirteen, and it is one hour and thirty five minutes. So, as uh, our listeners know, that the sooner the movie was made to when we record the. More terrifying it is. So, continue. This movie is up my alley in terms of shit I enjoy. And it's probably going to scare the shit out of you. Uh, Okay. It's a twofer. (laughs) It's a twofer in that. um, How long is it? uh, It's an hour and 35 minutes. Okay. All right. Well, there's some consolation in that in there. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Continue. Anyway, I'm not going to go into a lot about 2020 because it was just last year. If you're listening to this in the future, though, 2020 was the year of COVID-19. It was the year that uh, the world basically fucking stopped. The year that we lost uh, half a million Americans in less than 10 months. Yeah. Yeah. The year that half the country stomped its feet like fucking babies. Oh, yeah. Demanding special attention. And, and you know yet, where are the snowflakes? Remember, I'm just gonna let you determine on what side of the fence, because I'm sure both, like both people, like Democrats and Republicans, both heard me say that, and they're like, "Yeah, well, fair, yeah, fair." Any, so, we'll okay. let you, we will let you suss out where we fall on that uh, spectrum, as we do every time we mention <laughs> something like this. But COVID nineteen, Donald Trump lost an election. Mm. I repeat, lost an election. See, there I go. I actually outed myself on to which side of the spectrum I fell on. Um. So there you go. Okay. 2020. 2020. It was a hellfire year for sure. I got a new job. I left the Y. That was fun. I started working for the National Guard. It's been pretty great thus far. Good. Cindy's still teaching. I am. I'm still plugging away. She taught part of the time from home. Yeah. Now she's back. Yep. And. Lost a student. (laughs) That was, that was, that was golly gee terrific. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a a rough time. Yay. Let's talk underwater then. (laughs) So, uh, my boyfriend's going to show me a terrifying movie. I'm going to react poorly to it, and then uh, we'll come back here and talk about the themes of the movie that terrified me. But for now... Speaking of two firsts, this is also probably going to be one that we watch with your mom, and I'm really excited. Why? Because this is a pretty straightforward narrative. Okay. And... Those are the only kind she can watch, guys. Fuck yeah, this movie. Anyway, (laughs) uh, Underwater is directed by William Newbank, who was the director of... Uh, Love and The Signal. And this is by far his best movie. He's the writer and director. Um, I'm sorry, he's just the director. This movie, the story and and the screenplay were by Brian Duffield. Okay. Who wrote The Babysitter, 
Love and Monsters. Never seen and he wrote and directed Spontaneous that came out last year, which if you ask your oldest son is one of his favorite movies. He absolutely <sighs> adores it. That means it's going to be like Midsommar. Or... Nope, it's not. It's actually... I don't want to ruin it because we'll okay. probably end up watching it at some point, but it's definitely not in the vein of Midsommar. Uh, the co-screenplay credit goes to uh, Adam Kozad, who wrote The Legend of Tarzan and the Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit movie that came out. It's like the forgotten Jack Ryan well, movie. Well, these sound, yeah, these aren't very promising, but okay. Uh, Brian, Duffield, Brian Duffield's a pretty important name in horror now. Now. Like the past year or two, he's actually been fucking killing it. Okay. He just had like four movies be made in a year, which is kind of unprecedented. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So that's who made it. Who stars who in this? Who stars thing? in this? Uh, Kristen Stewart <laughs> plays Nora Price. Hold on, let's do that again since you're... Since I'm banging my head against the microphone. So, Kristen Stewart uh... plays Nora Price. She's Bella Swan in those awful Twilight movies. And she's in the much better Personal Shopper film. Uh, this is my favorite Kristen Stewart movie. Okay. By mile. Okay. Uh, Personal Shopper's also good. Uh, I would ask you, your homework when you watch this movie is to put your Twilight baggage aside and just enjoy this movie because it's actually a really good movie. In the same way that when you sit down and watch The Lighthouse, okay, it's like, oh, that's Robert Pattinson from Twilight. But he's not Robert Pattinson from Twilight. No, I get that. And I've seen um, Kristen Stewart and things beyond Twilight, and I just don't enjoy her performance. I find her very stale and cardboard-like. Fair. I would say the premise and the speed that this movie moves, that will not be as big an issue. All right. I'm not going to say that she's going to come out and, like, De Niro the shit out of this movie, and you're going to be like, wow, I need a critical reappraisal of my thoughts of that Kristen Stewart. Happen. But this is definitely her best movie. Look, <laughs> and you've seen them all, have you? I've seen. I used to work in a children's facility, so I've seen all the Twilight movies several times. Fair, yeah, yeah. yeah that's work what, with moody same. ass teenagers, I, I, and you're gonna see those motherfucking movies. I agree. A lot. I had to live through the rise of the books and then the movies yeah. as well. <laughs> all right, uh, so I guess this is a pretty recent movie. I, mean, I assume it's on Amazon and other uh, streamable services. Oh, I gave you one name in your. <laughs> I just wanted. I okay, Kristen Stewart, guys. I'm sorry. Vincent Cassell. Tony Vincent Cassell. Okay. Uh, he's Captain Lucian. He know him from Black Swan, where he was the director of the play. Oh, okay, I remember he's his face. Promises. He's in a bunch of French movies like Brother of the Wolf and Lahaine. He's French. He's also in the in a perfect world where I could recast Marvel movies. He's my Magneto. Just throwing okay. it out there. For the new movies. I think he's pretty fucking great. Uh, he's my favorite actor in this movie. Yeah. Hands down. All right. Uh, <laughs> Who else do we have? Uh, Mamadou Athos. I, I think I said that name right. His name is pretty crazy. All right. Uh, he plays Rodrigo Naganda. He was in The Circle with uh, Emma Watson. Didn't see it. Yeah, I didn't either. It's got Tom Hanks in it. I didn't see it, but that's kind of his big credit. All right. Uh, TJ Miller. Yeah, back before he got canceled. Super problematic T.J. Miller. Yeah. <laughs> he plays Paul Abel. He was in Silicon Valley, Cloverfield, Deadpool. Mm-hmm. You might know him as being a big piece of shit. Because, yeah, didn't he call in like a bomb threat too? 
Yeah. Yeah, that was wild. Anywho. Yeah, he sucks. Um, another person that we know for this podcast is John Gallagher Jr., who may be the second best actor in this movie, in my opinion. He plays Liam Smith. He was the other person in 10 Cloverfield Lane. Okay. Remember the one that, like, mm-hmm. I think his name was Emmett. He broke his arm. Yeah. And he's, yeah, in this thing. And he was uh, there. He's also in the movie Hush, which is incredible. He's in Short Term 12, which makes me cry every time I watch it because it's the most realistic movie ever about children and placements. Yeah. Oh, well. John Gallagher Jr., solidly good actor. And then Jessica Henwick plays Emily Haversham. (laughs) Yeah, she was in... I love Haversham or Havisham? Haversham? Oh, Havisham. Uh, Yeah, like Mrs. Havisham. (laughs) She was in Love and Monsters, and she was uh, one of the sand girls in uh, Game of Thrones. Okay. You know, one of yes. the... Yes. The... Yeah. I, Nymeria, I think. Or, I don't... I've so one divorced of the daughters, my brain sure. from Game of Thrones and how much I fucking hated that last season. Yeah, I know. I know. A hot take. I fucking hated the last season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, some trivia real fast. Hit me. So, this movie was shot in 2017, but it was pushed back to January 2020 due to Disney's purchase of Fox, which means... This movie is actually very historic because this is the last film 20th Century Fox released under its original name that dates back to 1935. So now what is the name? So after this movie came out, the name was changed to 20th Century Studios by Disney. Oh. So this movie kind of, um, it's a good movie, but it did terrible business because it was released at a terrible time of the year. Because it was dumped, it was in that glut of, like, the last movies yep. that Fox kind of had, and Disney bought them because they wanted, like, Star Wars and the yeah. Marvel movies and shit like that. So they were like, okay, we'll just throw these out, and if they make money, they make money because they're already made. Yeah. So this is it, guys. Like, 20th Century Fox. Remember the logo when you would, like, put it in your Star Wars VHS or DVD if you're younger? And you would hear that, brum bum brum bum Bum, brum, bum, that yeah this is the last movie that's ever gonna have that proper Ooh. that was released in the theater which makes me incredibly wow. sad yeah yeah i guess it explains why you know it got bought out uh-huh. 20th century fox uh r.i.p kind Fuck of disney another hot take for you there. all right uh do you want to see this poster no i mean okay fine this is the part of the podcast where josh hits me an original uh poster and i try to tell you what the plot's going to be about based on what i see here we go hey remember how i said that this movie was just dumped in theaters they also didn't really try okay poster it is a half of Kristen stewart's face seven miles below the ocean surface something has awakened i'm gonna say that this is like um the abyss but a lot shittier you're maybe half right all right all right so i would say what if this was the abyss but that was an hour and 35 minutes and moved the entire time at a speed that, like, got you in and out. Okay. Beep, 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 beep. Sure. I'm not going to lie. This was my favorite horror movie that came out last year that wasn't named Possessor. And that includes The Invisible Man, which I enjoyed the shit out of. Hmm. Um, this movie is just fucking super fun. And this is... I don't want to say it's my gift because I didn't make it. Right. But after the 
Like, you gotta track down this insane, hard-to-find movie called Possession from 1981, and it's, like, this hard, like, this insane movie with all these layers, and I don't know, like, this is just a straightforward, simple movie that's on HBO Max. Oh, nice. (laughs) And it's just scary and fun, and reminds us that, like, sometimes horror movies are just really good popcorn movies. Okay. I guess we're getting some popcorn, too. Right. All right. Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. A ghost just opened our door. (laughs) Listen carefully. You are now 5,000 miles from land, and you're descending seven miles to the bottom of the ocean. See you all in a month. Here we go. We're going to do this. Let's do this. One to ten. How bad's my rig? Ten. We drilled to the bottom of the ocean, and we don't know what came out. Gotta get to the station. How did we even get there? We walk. We just gonna walk with insufficient oxygen across the bottom of the ocean. You don't know what's out there. Worst idea ever. Turn your lights off. So I didn't hate this movie. Uh, this movie's super fun. It was a very fun movie. Welcome back from watching Underwater with uh, Kristen Stewart. Yes. A shaved head Kristen Stewart. I still did not like her. This is Kristen Stewart's Alien 3, if you will. Oh, yeah. The short hair. Yeah. Scorny shaved her head. She was Alien still 3. a total cardboard. Did not emote at all. But, I, I mean, it's whatever. She... She somebody sees something in her uh, that I don't. Anyway, this was a fun movie. Uh, I have a question for the audience. Oh no! Has anyone seen the Charlie's Angels movie she's in? Is that like what is that like? <laughs> I I don't have the masochism to sit through that movie. I remember but when. I'm really curious. I remember when. I remember when the Charlie's Angels Cameron Diaz version came out. 
I remember there was publicity for that shit everywhere. They were all over MTV. They were all over everything. I feel like that movie kind of came out and was like... Yeah. 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 I don't think it was a hit. Nope. Um, I have a follow-up question for okay. you. And I'm going to veer into dangerous territory because I agree with you. I'm not a big fan of Kristen Stewart. Okay. I am a giant fan of Ryan Gosling. Okay. Like, I fucking love Ryan Gosling. Nothing wrong with Ryan Gosling. But a lot of Ryan Gosling movies, especially the ones I enjoy, like Drive, Only God Forgives, mm-hmm. you know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of, like, Kristen Stewartisms of, like, he doesn't really emote a lot. And it... False. I think he emotes a lot. And that's why he gets away with not saying a lot. I mean, I guess... I think he's the polar opposite of Kristen Stewart. Okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure there wasn't, like, some inherent sexism or something. Absolutely not, no. Because, man, I love Ryan Gosling. Like, a lot. Like, Blade Runner 2049 Ryan Gosling. I think that... the best. There's a difference between being silent and... Not needing and, words. And not needing words. Like, using that silent film, the skill of acting... To portray what you're feeling and thinking versus trying to remember your next line and looking off to the left as you do it, which is what Kristen Stewart does a lot. Do you think so? I notice. Watch it sometime. I mean... She does a lot of this. Side look. Side look. For those of you who can't see me because this is not a visual medium. She's definitely not my favorite person in this movie. Who is your favorite person in this movie? Oh. I mean, uh, first of all, let's get let's get this out of the way now. Okay. Um, I what know, was this movie about? I know he's a piece of shit. This movie was Alien Underwater, backwards and forwards. Yeah, kind of. What? Uh, I was going to say T.J. Miller was pretty amazing in this movie, yeah. even though he's a piece of shit. We're supposed to hate him. He's been canceled for good reason. Uh, he admitted to calling in like a bomb threat on the train and caused a major fucking disruption, and just, he's kind of an ass. He's kind yeah. of a known, he got into drugs. So before you break down the, give us a quick plot synopsis. Okay. Um, I just want to point out the rabbit. You know, he's got that Yeah, the bunny. Rabbit. Uh, was it Paul? Well, his name was Paul. Yeah. So T.J. Miller carries around this stuffed rabbit through the entire movie, and he's very attached to it. And he's like, you know, if, if you... If something happens to this, like, I'll haunt you. Like, he just loves this fucking (laughs) rabbit. And it's because that was the stand-in prop, and they were going to put in a real rabbit in a lot of the scene. Like, did you put the real rabbit in? And they were like, uh, I feel like people are going to get mad. Yeah, I would have gotten pissed Even though there's not a real rabbit in those scenes. And there's rabbit. Well, and the rabbit, the rabbit survives. So. As we see. Yeah. That's why he's so, like, attached to this stuffed rabbit, because he was acting as if it was was a real rabbit. That makes sense. Because it was supposed to be a real rabbit. And it kind of works to make his character seem as unhinged as you want (laughs) him to be. As humanly humanly possible. So that's just a little pre-fun. That's kind of fun. Thanks for that. So what's this movie about, Have you seen Alien? It's, I have. It is that movie without the invasion. I don't think so. I think there are similarities to Alien. 
Okay. But I don't think this is a beat-for-beat remake of Alien. Oh, no. It's not a beat-for-beat, but it's a female protagonist. Uh, There's an evil company that's only known as The Company. There's... TN Industries. Yeah. um, That are trying to cover up. They are wanting to... You know, they're only worried about money, so they hide the fact that there is a, a species that is disrupting the process at the risk of everyone involved. And, yeah, that shit happens. <laughs> that was a terrible synopsis of this movie. I think I'm right, though. <laughs> you were like, there's a company. There's a company. No, just like, alien, just like an alien. <laughs> like, I'm drawing the parallel. <laughs> like, what happens in this movie? <laughs> they hide the fact that there is a being, or there is a creature that is interrupting the process. There you go. They, essentially, that's what the movie's about. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I will counter that by saying this movie is about an, an abyss-like underground oil rig. Right. That is exploding, and then people have to escape it's the oil rig. It's not exploding. It's being destroyed by a creature. But we don't know that till the end. But that's what the movie's about. I know, but like you skipped over the whole why they're there, and uh-huh. then they... The whole impetus of the movie is they have to walk across the ocean floor. Again, and that's another thing. You, we have never found the bottom of it. Isn't that the whole thing with the the marinara marinara trench? Yep, it's where the it's where we harvest the underwater cheese sticks. Anyway, we we have never found the bottom of that. Like that's the whole point. We don't know how far down it goes. Yeah, and yet they're like, here we are at the bottom. Well, this movie doesn't take place now. Like if you watch the opening credits, oh yeah, there was a lot it of takes newspaper like clippings. Twenty fifty. Okay, so anyway, so they it is so they're in an underwater oil rig. I think a college dorm scenario when it breaches and there are a series of random people who are thrown together to try and survive, and they end up having to put on. <sighs> space looking suits to walk across the ocean floor to get to the next space there none of that could have actually happened but whatever uh they're trying <laughs> fair i mean i'm just <laughs> to be honest the none vast of majority <laughs> of the movies we've discussed on this podcast are not possible <laughs> Whatever. I mean... I liked this movie, but the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, fuck you, Kristen Stewart. <laughs> Whatever. I... Okay, my feelings towards Kristen Stewart... Well, hold on, let me get to this first. So okay. IMDb has a crew of oceanic researchers working for a deep-sea drilling company try to get to safety after a mysterious earthquake devastates their deep waters. That research and drilling dis- facility located at the bottom of the Mariana Trench. That is hypocritical because they determined that it was not an earthquake very quickly. Fair. But this was more like trying to lead you into wanting to watch the movie without no. giving away the ending. Because, spoiler alert, We're about this to is the film the debut of Cthulhu. Cthu- yeah. Like, so that's what I liked about it. I liked that the the creature got progressively larger and it wasn't that it was maturing it was that it was all part of a bigger piece and so there was like that little thing which in my head i'm like oh that's cthulhu's like spunk and then 
like then it was like oh there are these like other like weird ghostly human things and then it's like oh no those are his tentacles he is ginormous oh my god like it almost felt the scene where you see all of them towards mm-hmm. the end oh. and, and honestly the creepiest part of this whole movie is, is the when end. you see them scampering around yes like just out of camera light agreed that's fucking creepy. Agreed. But when Cthulhu lifts his arm, tentacle arm thingy, mm-hmm. and it pulls all the white, it's almost like they're just living in his pores. Right. Like they're little blackheads that come out. I, and- yeah, if they were either little blackheads or if they were, I was thinking, um, some fish, you know, like the the eggs are like attached to them. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it was that. Like maybe they were kind of maturing and, and I mean, they springing off of his loins. And he could control them. Like... And I'm saying he, but in order to do that, they would have to be asexual, which it, means that wouldn't be the correct it pronoun. It goes back to Dagon, like the, when we watch Dagon. Oh, wow. Like, uh. the the creatures themselves, like the mid-sized humanoid ones, kind of go back to the creatures from Dagon. Right. Because this movie's very Lovecraftian, right? Mm-hmm. Like, science goes too far, uncovers, and wakes Agreed. up Cthulhu. Which I'll may or may not be an accident, depending on like the newspaper clippings and the cover up. Agreed. Like that is what it's about. This movie's fucking solid. And to answer your question from earlier, my favorite person in this movie is Vincent Cassell. <laughs> Vincent Cassell, which is all I hear, even though I know that that is a not his name and but whatever. Yeah, Vincent Cassell. He was the captain. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's your Magneto. Uh, my f- hmm. Yeah, I think Paul, probably, you're right, is my favorite character. T.J. Miller? T.J. Miller's character. Paul. <laughs> Paul. Paul. Uh, yeah. So. Any, so is there any hidden message, any other than the idea of, like, mankind going too far, the hubris of man sort of a thing? Is there any... Is there? I mean, there's that. There's this is just a feel-good thing. action movie, in my opinion. I don't think this is feel-good. Well... Like, it's a solid action movie. It's a thriller. Um, we watched it with the mom. It's very linear, right? It's very like... Which is hence hence why we watched it with the mom. We're here. We have to get to here. This is the structure and story of the movie. Go. It's a solid, suspenseful, suspenseful, suspenseful movie. I can't talk today, y'all. It's a solid, suspenseful movie. Agreed. I'll yeah. give it that. I liked it for that reason. I am still thinking about that last image when we first... The, the first and last time that we see Cthulhu at his hole. I'm still thinking about that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the whole point of this movie, I think, mm-hmm. is it's cool and it's fun. And sometimes that's what you want out of a horror Agreed. Movie. You yeah. just want something that's fun and moves. And after last week's possession bullshit. Sorry. After the masterpiece that is mm-hmm. Andrei Zulovsky's possession. Mm, my student teacher came in today and uh, we caught up. And we talked about movies. And he's my little Josh. And he asked about what I'd seen. And I said, oh, I watched Possession. And he knew what movie it was. He said, oh, the, is it Ingmar? What's the name? Andre Zulovsky. Uh, Andre Zulovsky. No, the woman in it. Isabella Johnny. Thank you. The Isabella Johnny movie. And I said, yes. And he, oh, I've never seen it, is it? <laughs> Told him to listen to the podcast. And then hit me up later for the dvd but or blu-ray but ugh. yeah i'm not loaning your <sighs> student teacher i don't know a 50 dollar blu-ray no he we won't <laughs> he does one event horizon though and i told him i can get it for him so and then we talked about uh fun house remember i texted you about that 
the movie. The, the Toby Hooper movie. The Toby Hooper movie, Funhouse. Okay, sorry, but back to this piece. I mean, uh, this movie. I don't think there's anything to it. Um, I think, like you said, it's just a fun movie. Does it fit the Arkov formula if we follow the method for a great exploitation movie? I, I would say mostly. Mostly it has action. It's a revolutionary. The concept, It, like I said, it's it it to me it was alien. It was, you know... 21st century version of Alien. But I, the idea of it being so much... Like, you think you've seen the worst of it. You ain't seen the fucking worst of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and that idea, I would give it a light... It's lightly revolutionary. This movie has... It's lightly. This movie does something that some horror movies don't do. Entertainment. Which is really easy to do. Like, you have to have escalating stakes. Mm-hmm. Right, like you do, you can't introduce Fair, the yeah. monster in the first half hour of the movie, and then into the escalating. Just go down, like it gets yeah. the stakes get bigger. Because well, because the so the they the thing that I call um, the spunk, it looks like a semen. They they can they hold it. It's they they can feel it. It's like the size of a dog. Yeah, and then but you know as the viewer that that's not what you see running in the background or swimming in the background, like. No, that's something bigger. So there's that, and then once you run across those things, it could, yeah, it, it does a good job progressive, progressively getting bigger. I'll give you that. Um, killing, right? Yes, Ooh, killing in the weirdest ways. Oratory. Hmm. I mean, weirdly, I think yes by all the characters except for the lead. Right. I think they wanted that end where she's talking about that random fiancé she had, I guess, that I had forgot she talked about. Um, that, I think they wanted it to be something we remember. I don't. I don't want to... Okay, I don't want to get too far on the hating Kristen Stewart bandwagon with you. But they give her, like, two different moments to talk about her fiancé who died. Right? Yeah. That was, and yeah. I'm just like, meh. Yeah. Eh. But there's no real again no emotion. But the moment in this and the moment where Vincent Cassell says that his daughter is fourteen, and then you find out that she, she died, died at fourteen, at, yeah, and he never told anyone. I was like, oh, but she doesn't react. <laughs> no, it's not it's just like that. Kristen knowledge. Stewart doesn't react. I just think about poor Vincent Cassell. He's such a good fucking actor. So like, so that does happen, and it was such a gut like, oh man, and this is someone that. She cared about. She had obviously known of this daughter for many years. What? 14? No, she must be my age. Da, 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 da. Like, and then she sees it and it's not like, oh, flooring. There's not like a face fall. It's just, huh, sad. Put that in my pocket. Like, okay, whatever. Uh, th- There, I, I was said just it. saying that's a testament to Vincent Cassell that that his line from earlier in the movie carried over and I was like oh <laughs> like oh. I forgot that detail like and oh that's true in that sense uh, and then we have the fantasy yes fornication not really uh, we have, Kristen Stewart is in her you know jockey short there's you know, a lot of like there's a lot of G.I. Jane-esque nudity women underwear like yeah, butts and stuff that's what I mean like G.I. Jane underwear they and like a it, sports bra. Yeah, they squeezed in as much fornication, I think, as they could have in this movie. Fair. With it being a PG-13. 
Because at I, the end, in the, at the know. end of the world type of movie. Yeah, I don't know how you could have squeezed like a sex scene in. I think that would have like derailed this movie yeah. unless it opened with a sex scene. Yeah, maybe people. Right, maybe he's like doing it, and she goes to the bathroom, and shit explodes. That maybe is the only way they could have done it. But. Well, if Sam Arkov was here, that's how it would have started. That's the opening scene, not the uh, not the toothbrush. Anything worth noting or mentioning? We haven't already talked about regarding this movie. It's just kind of a real good on the surface movie. After possessions, deep dive into the world. Yeah, I think to go back to a minute ago, what you were saying. I think the only like message of this movie. Beyond what we talked about, it has the alien thing of like corporations are evil yeah. and they cover shit up and they're terrible. But it we doesn't are, really. We already knew that, guys. Yeah, but it, you don't need to tell me twice. It also doesn't really spend a whole lot of time ringing that bell. Basically, just the end credits. It is credits. just running. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the opening credits, but yeah. Like it's bookended by like corporations fucking suck. Don't forget. So, but, but we all knew that. Uh, so this movie. This movie was shot on dark stages with no lights for the underwater scenes, and they used volumetric scanning by putting the same atmosphere around the actors and letting the flashlights move through the particles, and they were able to measure the approximate density about which the water should be moving around them. So this was mostly shot in, like, black rooms, not underwater. There were some stuff that was shot underwater, but predominantly it was shot with them in those suits, and those suits... And just were airtight suits and it made it really hard for them to hear the director giving direction and each suit weighed about 140 pounds that was the other thing you know getting them on they were on like the the hydraulic system did like and yet when they get to different docking stations they just can run around in these suits and i thought like oh you kind of jumped the gun on that one but Mm -hmm. what do i know and according to the uh, film's commentary, when she's in the... So, Kristen Stewart's character goes from... She gets separated at one point, and she ends up in the old... Yes, um, that's how we find the thing about his dog. Yeah, the old drilling station that's no longer used, where she has to fix her... Like, get a different suit and whatnot, and she's separated from everyone for a little bit. And then it's in that sequence where the director says that there were some major nods... To people who want to get into like Cthulhu and Lovecraft, and there's a whole other mythos revealed in some of the scenes that were cut, um, and there were some heavier nods to Lovecraft in the deleted scenes that got cut. So you're saying there's going to be a director's cut? I seriously doubt it. Okay, good. I mean, uh, okay. <laughs> that was fucking mean. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just hating on Kristen Stewart. On K-Stew. Um, no, this movie was unceremoniously dumped by Fox. Like, Yeah, like you said yeah, at, at the start, this was the last movie to hit the theater because of the pandemic. I don't think they wanted it to be. Well, I they think, probably had an exit strategy with a blockbuster. Well, when Disney bought them, and that's what, like, at the front of the episode we talked about, it's setting on the shelf for mm-hmm. so long because Disney bought them. So what happened was Disney was like, oh, you have these movies ready to go, we're just going to dump them. And if they make money, they make money. That's a win. If they don't, we don't give a shit. Right. Because we didn't put any money into them. <laughs> yeah. So. That's how we ended up with it. Yeah. I it was a, but it is a decent movie. The effects were great. It, it definitely, I jumped scared and at my seat a few times. So it hit all the notes it mm-hmm. set out to. Um, I'll tell you one thing I thought was really cool is that they built the sets in VR first. 
which let them like move things around and mess with the de- like the details of the sets and the lighting schemes. That's kind of cool. And they did all that to previs everything before they actually built the sets. Proper. That saves, yeah, that would save a ton of time. Set deck. That's a great idea. Wait a minute. Okay. Yep, and it the director William Eubank did confirm in an interview that the monster at the end is Cthulhu. Um, that was my and the company that the mining company is T N T I A N Industries in T-N-T-I-A-N. literature the adjective Lovecraftian is used to identify ident- uh, indicate this type of cosmic horror. Also, there is a hint that the company awoke the monster on purpose. As the characters look at Cthulhu from the station's window, the recording states, Tian Industries, we have big things in store for you. In the Cthulhu mythos, a common trope is the existence of a powerful cult that attempts to wake him. Oh, so that's okay. Yep. And that's why it was kept so secret. Uh, it's also interesting that when Nora, Kristen Stewart's character, meets the characters... Right? Like, cause it's just her at the beginning, and then mm-hmm. she collects all the other people. Yep. They die in the order that she met them. So they do. Yeah, they do. I didn't notice that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Nora. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's a thing, but... What are we uh, watching next week as we continue with, uh, as I said, women getting fucked over by Lugcraft, but... Uh, as we continue our third month of Lovecraft, what else do you have? Where else can we go? Uh, we're going to go to 1980. Okay. <laughs> to Altered States. Altered States. 1980s Altered States. This movie is trippy as fuck. All right. Well then, until next time. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. You should probably watch Underwater. It's pretty good. <laughs>